if you listen to this podcast, you'll die in seven days. This is the fifth annual Spooky Or you'll give us five dollars. Five years, five five dollars, but five years of this boys. Is that how much money we've made in those five years? We're deep in the red, Corey. Deep in the red. But if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Your fate has been sealed. Uh, but I'm not sorry that you're here to join us for the fifth time, fifth year in a row. Spooky spoilers. The month of October, we do three or four spooky movies um, that our hosts pick. It, it does derail the natural flow of the podcast and people picking. Sometimes people's feelings get hurt. But we'll work around that. I'm Pappy. I'm recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. We'll introduce the other hosts tonight. Um, the question that I had prepared from inspired by Gore Verbinski's The Ring, um, what was your all-time favorite VHS tape? And I had two that I was going to nominate. I was going to say Barney Live in New York probably yeah. had the high, highest ceiling for me at any point. Like I've probably seen that VHS tape the most, and I, and I confirmed with my mom before uh, before this podcast. Um, but I also had the set of Pee Wee's Playhouse um, VHS tapes, and it was this beautiful collection. It had a sweet mural on it. I fucking loved those when I was a kid. Um, we'll go most, lecent, most recent to least recent host, Corey. Ooh. There's been some controversy, some horse trading behind the scenes. This is really supposed to be your podcast, but where are you recording from? Um, what was your favorite VHS tape when you were a kid? And then what's the plan for trivia tonight? What are you doing tonight? Yes, this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. VHS tapes. Uh, I really liked my hook VHS. I liked that movie a mm-hmm. lot more than the physical Amen. tape. When it comes to, like, the physical tape slash, you know, box that they came in, you know, those huge boxes, at my grandma's house, I had an Indian in the cupboard, and the box for that was particularly cool because it would fold, the paper would fold backwards, and then it made it look like the VHS uh, container was the cupboard, and it had a little key, and it also came with a little Lightfoot figure. By the way, fuck that guy. (laughs) Um, Hey, hey, Corey, what's the... Case made of plastic. <laughs> plastic. It's plastic. <laughs> Fuck that kid too. Um, but, <laughs> let's see. Corey's got some grudges. <laughs> oh, big time. Uh, see our Mortal Kombat Annihilation podcast. But uh, Pappy, I think we're gonna do trivia together. We're gonna do a joint trivia tonight. At least that's my understanding of the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna be participating. I'm gonna be giving you a hand, so that way one mm-hmm. of these fine gentlemen can host next. And this is. The conclusion of a very special trivia, but we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Um, Stevie, I think you were the next most recent host uh, with the Raid Two. Ooh, I did do the Raid Two. Um, I'm really nervous to pick a movie after that movie because not only is that movie an all timer, but the pod was an all timer too. So, but it's gonna be a spooky movie. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but I think I am the most entertained by that by the way, of anyone, including our listeners, the spooky voice. But sorry, go ahead, Stevie. <laughs> I love it. It makes me laugh, like, every time. Uh, favorite VHS. Man, I this isn't a good movie, but when I was younger, I watched this movie more times in VHS than I care to admit. Um, it was an orange VHS tape, and for some odd reason, I laughed hysterically every time. 
Uh, when I watched uh, Keen and Kel in Good Burger. Yes, the Nickelodeon orange tapes. The Nickelodeon orange tape of Good Burger. And hearing Sinbad say, Brother Reed, you just messed up my afro, always cracked me up. So, Good Burger. <laughs> Real quick, Stevie, could you give us some more like Good Burger memorable lines? It's been a while <sighs> since I've seen it, but I remember liking that one a lot. I remember really loving that movie. Um... Don't they sing Super Freak with Samara in the mental <laughs> hospital at one point? Linda Cardellini's in there, yeah. <laughs> um, what does, uh, what's the bad guy's name again? Is it Dirk? I cannot remember. The, from Mondo Oh, the guy that wants Burger? to put you in the grinder. From Mondo yeah. Burger. Yes. Um, I hate that crap. When he, when he's kind of doing the roll call when Keenan gets first hired, and he was like, you can forget your family. I am your mother and your father now. And Keenan says, I bet you he looks real weird naked. I always laughed when I was... Yeah, that was one of my favorite lines from that movie, so... Edgy comedy from early Nickelodeon. Very edgy from Nickelodeon, but also Shaq was in it for some odd reason. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah, that's true. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah, hot off the Kazam buzz. Speaking of big, tall guys, Josh, you're a big, tall guy like Shaq, and you last hosted on the Inglorious Bastards, according to the Trello card, but what was your favorite VHS tape as a young, less tall Josh? Mm, thinking of big, tall VHS tapes here. Uh, well, I have some honorable mentions, so I'll do a little bit of a breath thing, <laughs> but oh my God. Di- Dinosaurs from 1987 with Fred Savage in this like claymation in- like dinosaur instructional video was amazing as a kid. I had some like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon VHSs that got really worn out. I remember one was called The Great Boldini, and it was like about a museum robbery with like big old gems and stuff. Very cool. But I will choose the original Disney Aladdin. Me and Jordan, me and brother Jordan bonded on some long cross country road trips, rewinding Robin Williams like comedy bits and trying to like freeze frame all his different like faces and impressions he does. And so I will give that the nod. Was that when you developed your love of Jafar was on those cross country (laughs) road trips? That makes a lot more sense now. (laughs) The seeds were being planted back then, boys. (laughs) Long trips to Fort Myers Beach, 22 hours, not much else to think about, developing theories in a young mind. (laughs) Last but not least, a man who's told stories of long road trips from Florida on this very podcast. Brett, you haven't hosted since Three Ninjas. It feels like you're due. I think this trivia might be conducive to a Brett win tonight, but take us back in time. Um, We knew you were well off growing up you had the fancy hockey goals i'm sure you had a substantial vhs collection what did you have in said collection first of all we we're i mean not well percent off brett um okay so i was talking to my brother or i was trying to have him give me some he we both kind of came up with a thing we did not have like a crazy collection because we lived right next to a pj's video at both our houses that I grew up in, they were both within like a mile of our house. So we also played a lot of video games. So PJ raised we, us, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we just kind of rented movies and we also knew the owner a little bit. So um, I was going back and forth about a couple. I was I was only going to say one, but if you guys are all going to name nine, then I'll, get, I'll name I named one. 14, I guess. 
I named a couple. He outbred us. <laughs> first of all, I was talking to my brother, and he said, you are not the first person to do that, but you do do it the most. He said, stop complaining about it. It's definitely you. <laughs> Wait, quick update. I know that we mentioned on the um, Night into Day podcast. How is Brother Brian doing? Um, my brother is doing better. Um, my brother had to go to the hospital last week. It was really scary. He went. If he would have waited a little bit longer, it could have been really bad. Um uh, his hemoglobin was dangerously low. Um, it's going to take a few months for him to get back to full energy, but he's already back at work, I believe. Let's go, um, brother Brian. I know we'll be listening tonight, Brian. Glad you're feeling better. Hope to see you soon. Let's go, brother Brian. Um, pulling for you. Oh, he also did tell me to. Uh, what did he say? I think. Thanks for the thoughts or whatever, and he said that you messaged him, Josh. And that really means a lot to him, and that means a lot to me too. So thank you. Um. So, uh, excuse me. Um, so the f- I was going to go with some that I watched when I was a really little kid, uh, but they were all so close. So I'm going to go with two separate time periods. One <laughs> is like is like sixth to ninth grade, sixth to eighth grade, and then high school. So the one that I probably watched the most from that first time period was Happy Gilmore. Um, nice. That was just kind of like my jam. And then in high school, I discovered a little movie called Friday. And it was a movie that I watched dozens and dozens of times. That was like my like my Friday night movie. It was like a comfort. It brought me a lot of comfort, and I thought it was freaking hilarious. I still love it. Um, so I would say those are the two before I got into DVDs and stuff. So since everybody's naming a couple, can I name another? Please, Stevie. I know I, I, I rarely do this, but I just have to because it, it really just hit me in the head when I was really little. I had a VHS tape. Of the first four episodes of the Gargoyles animated show from Disney. Was this a recorded <laughs> tape or one that was like no, you purchased it? It was purchased. Wow. It was purchased. And I think it got to the like the thing was I had the first four episodes and it was like, okay, the story's going great, but like I never could find like the next episodes on VHS. And the way <laughs> they were aired on Saturday morning cartoons was out of order to begin with. And the thing is, that's the gargoyles are very story. Like you have to watch the previous episode, and it was a nightmare for me. But thank God for Disney Plus because I went through those right away. Do they hold up? Yes. No, it's a very good show. What are their names? Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, stuff like that. Yeah, Rob yeah they're Kronkowski. all named after like the districts in New York. It's like the old comic book problem, you know? You pick up a comic book, you have no idea where the fuck you just started. Yeah, you have no idea where you're starting at. You can't find the next issue, like. <laughs> Well, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes of Spoilers, the previous issues of Spoilers, I was always the Evil Dead guy. And then for three Spooky Spoilers in a row, I picked Evil Dead movies. Then I didn't win a Spooky Spoilers last year, so I I didn't know what I was going to do. And then when Spooky Spoilers rolled around this year, I wanted to go back to a director's brace pick. So I picked this because of our boy... The Gore Core, Gore Verbinski. <laughs> the Gore Core. When you think about Gore Verbinski, the man, his third appearance on this podcast, rarefied air for a director. But what do you think about in terms of his what are they career? Uh, Rango, yes. um, cure, cure for, for wellness, wellness, and now uh. this. Rango, the it's weird that the ring is an American version of the Japanese Ringu. Ringu. So. He's a one-trick pony. And don't um, forget this Christmas mouse hunt. See, I get the feeling that like <laughs> film Twitter loves Gore Verbinski in those communities, but they actually don't like 
his movies. But Stevie, same question to you. How do you feel about Gore Verbinski? I think that man takes some wild swings. I think he just gets an idea in his head and he goes for it. Whether it be Pirates of the Caribbean, which, my God, is that a great movie. The first one is so good. It is a fantastic movie. Such a good movie. Or the 90s classic Mouse Hunt, which Josh refuses to watch, (laughs) even though I've been complaining to him for months to watch it. Just sounds Um, juvenile. (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh, I mean, he doesn't have a set. The only thing that I would say that appears in a lot of his movies is kind of that really lime green. I don't even know what kind of green. It's like a mint lime green almost. I feel like yeah. this the ring was just covered in it. Um, a Cure for Wellness was certainly covered in it. There was a couple frames of it in Rango. I know he loves that color. But um, as a director and creator, his films are all over the place. And I think that's really cool because some of them are really, really good. And some of them are a cure. Some wellness. of them are Cure for Wellness, which is an awful film Twitter movie. Like, I love Gore Verbinski, but that movie sucks. I'm glad you brought up the color grading, though. And Josh, we'll get in the movie here in a second. But one of the things that kind of overwhelms you as a viewer is the color grading. And it feels very much of its time. I guess, what did you think about the look of the ring? On a positive note? I think there are some really good moments of cinematography and use of color here. On a negative point, I would say the set pieces, in some cases, are completely over the top and almost to the point where they take me out of the movie. Um, Specifically, what comes to mind is when she's like, researching in the library and she's just in front of like the most cliche mountain of books and like microfilms i really like how a lot of like the video editing stuff looks so no complaints there i don't want that to get confused but uh some of the settings with like so much mist in the background it's just a little much for me if that's fair to say pap did it have you missing thomas jane's the mist is that fair to say? I still feel so bad for Thomas Jane in that movie. Don't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've been dancing around it. Corey, I, I love asking you this question. How would you describe the ring to someone who had no context for it? Because I feel like it was huge. The ring was everywhere. everywhere. I saw the ring as a teenager. 249 million uh Worldwide gross for a horror movie. That's pretty good. Not just that huge physical copy sales, huge DVD sales at the time, but Corey, we do have a younger audience. Excuse a little bit younger. If they haven't experienced The Ring, I I assume so. How would you explain (laughs) The Ring to them? Okay, I'd say it's a stupid 2000s horror movie with a dumb gimmick. Interesting. Coming out hot. (laughs) I don't like this movie. Corey didn't care for the subtle comedy that was drenched in this film. (laughs) (laughs) The subtle comedy in this movie? (laughs) I mean, Pappy, I remember there being more movies like The Ring. And it might be because I got the bright idea when this movie like came out to Blockbuster. I rented it. And I also got my hands on Ringu. So I watched mm. those back to back, if I remember correctly. And then I have not seen Ringu. 
and many years passed, and I haven't watched The Ring since then until now, but I have watched Ringu again, and uh, it's pretty boring. Uh, it, I watched it about five or six years ago. In comparison to this, I'd say I don't really like either but i like ringu a little <laughs> bit more but <laughs> yeah that's a fair point to start that that this is based on a japanese film ringu which i haven't seen Corey has apparently and a, i think it's a gore verbinski said it's about 50 percent different so whatever that means it's it's significantly changed from the original source material but brett let's go to you how'd you there's a lot of ways to start the, a film Right, and we've talked about those. You can either have a character in action to establish how cool they are. This is more of a little prologue, right? Like, none of these characters are really major factors in the rest of the story. Did you like the intro and the extremely loud jump scare that scared the shit out of me while I was listening on my headphones last night? Uh, let me think. I watched this movie last weekend. Uh, what's the beginning part? <laughs> it's, a, it's the cousin of the girl. Amber. Um, oh, yeah. It's teenage well, girls talking about Alex Jones conspiracy theories. You know, <laughs> one of them yeah. says, you a hoe at one point, and they have a pillow fight. I think you would have remembered. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. <laughs> no. uh, first of all, Peppy, too, I did the demographics last year, and 65% of our viewers are between 18 and 34. So I would say you are correct. We hit, the, we hit the lower quadrant in age, but we're a four quadrant podcast. Bring we are. Yeah, no, we do well. Pod. We just, we need more women. Um, yeah, that was, I like the, that's like such a dour scene to me that actually I thought that was going to be like way, that's probably this. Okay. So it's not a big secret that I don't like scary movies. I'm scared by almost everything. And I was like, not going to do this movie. Uh, but after watching it, I wasn't scared like at all ever. Um, the closest I came probably yeah, was at the guy. beginning. The first, no, <laughs> nothing, definitely not a tough guy. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Did you have any specific reservations about this movie? Why you didn't want to watch it? Yeah. Were you I mean, scared of uh, Samara coming to kill you in seven days, like that kind of thing? No, I mean, I, it's kind of a cursed. I always kind of had a feeling back when I was in college, kind of a cursed thing. And um, Josh and our my best friend Drew Rockland, best friend Drew. Um, he always told me that it was way too scary and I shouldn't watch it. And uh, when I told him I was going to watch it, he was like, thought I was crazy. Uh, I couldn't believe it when I texted him that it wasn't scary at all. Um, yeah, I think it was just the hype. It just seemed really scary. It seemed like it was just kind of cursed and had a a bad, some bad juju to it, but it did not have the, things that usually make me extra scared and I can talk about those later. Uh, I feel like I'm talking way too long. Um, <laughs> Not at all. No, keep going. I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, but I'll still get to the things that scare me later, I guess. Uh, this first opening 10 minutes is probably like when you saw the little silhouette shadow in the, uh, was it in the reflection of the TV? That was kind of creepy, I guess. Just that whole first part was kind of just really dark. I just kind of got, I don't know why I kind of got it Japanese vibe, like the beginning of uh, The Grudge, which I famously watched 20 minutes of in college. Famously. <laughs> and then there was this really scary scene, and I stood up and said, nope, and I walked out of the room. And uh, I will never watch that movie again. Um, I don't know why I got Japanese horror movie vibes from that, since I've only seen never any minutes of <laughs> Japanese horror. So I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But Stevie, wouldn't you say this like intro is extremely tonally different than the rest of the film? Like, I hate that opening, like 
jump scare sound when the girl becomes like mummified or petrified or whatever. It's so loud. And it this isn't really a jump scary movie, but there are a couple big jump scares in it. And this is one of them. I actually thought this intro was super clever and one of the stronger parts of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, as a viewer, when they're talking about, when the girl's talking about, hey, there's this tape and, you know, seven days later, you know, phone rings twice, yada, yada. Uh, you know, a viewer watching it for the first time be like, oh, I wonder if the tape's there or, you know, she has it, they're going to watch it and then we'll go from there. But the cool thing is like the sense of dread watching over that girl saying, no, I've already watched it. And watching it like a slow, like slowly unfold throughout the house, I thought was neat. And also I love the look of the interior of that house, even for 2002. I just thought they looked very slick. Stevie, can I offer some more proof that this is one of the best parts of the movie? Please. I think there's like these two girls maybe have the best chemistry of anybody in the movie. And you think you have better candidates by default. I mean, you're telling me that Neil, you didn't believe the, the super, you know, lustful chemistry between Naomi Watts and her baby daddy. You're telling me that Josh or her precocious son. Yeah. Her super weird ass. Or Damien who's just drawing stuff for no reason. (laughs) Telling me that you didn't get great chemistry from that. He was trying to coal that up big time from the sixth sense. I feel like he, 100%. 100%. They were trying so hard for him to be, especially back. with like the the baggy like no sleep eyes for sure. Yeah, and it's like the the tone and of his voice and just the way he like choppy speaking. Even his look, that and being like 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 Pabby said, overly precocious. I would so I would believe that these two characters are like friends in real life. Like I think it comes off pretty well. But further, this part is strong because by the time you get to the Naomi Watts part, you know like the curse is real. It's not really in the air at all anymore. And that's kind of what makes the suspense like all that much more fun in this opening vignette is there's this back and forth of like, Oh, it's just a silly tape. Oh, I was just even lying about last weekend. Oh, I'm actually scared now because the phone's ringing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stevie, they, it's a little bit, uh, one note after this. I think, I mean, how many screenwriters were on this thing? I think three, um, including the original story credit. To me, this comes from a screenwriter that knows what they're really doing. Um, I, I just think it was, like Josh said, it's like it was a very playful opening scene. And I know it's like the most tropey thing in the world. The opening the refrigerator, opening the medicine cabinet. Still is, spooky. It's still spooky. spooky. I've seen it. I've seen it a million times. And I still kind of wince up for when that refrigerator or medicine cabinet yeah, closes. Yeah, they didn't do either one, right? Right. It, it just kind of like, it just takes like the air out and then you keep going forward. It's a, it's, it's a sense of dread that I think that the beginning had that was really lacking throughout the rest of the movie. Because the rest of the movie was not scary at all. The only sense of dread or Ted or... <laughs> wow um Ted. dread or terror that uh was involved at all in this film happened in the first 10 minutes so intro best part of the movie i got a big sense of dare or tread from there we go dare and tread <laughs> it's it's popular it's popular all i could think about was scary movie three <laughs> i saw uh Mike D, front of the podcast, wrote that in his letterbox review that all you can think about is Scary Movie 3. But Kylo, we've been all over Naomi Watts. Uh, her character's name is Rachel. Have we? 
how would you describe Rachel to to the audience? Like, what is she like? What is she motivated by? How does she fit within this this story? Well, she's a single mom. That's a factor, right? She, you guys talked about her son. She's got this weird fucking antichrist. Kid. He has uh, what scholars would call nowadays uh, the tism. I think he's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I think his kid's. I think his name is Lamium. You know what I mean? Uh, but she's, you know, she's kind of like a a feisty, in your face, like journalist, right? So she's she's clearly good at her job because we see her kind of get into journalist mode like right away after she's at her niece's funeral and her sister's like, can you help me figure out what's going on? Like, we're in pain here. We don't know what happened. And uh, she she can turn that on pretty well. And she's, you know, she's a good uh, detective in a way as the, most of the movie is her tracking things down. Why isn't she just a detective? Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Also, we see her get fired, Corey. She can't be that good. She refused to be fired. Time of death, Wade. That's all I want to know. Name's Katie Embry. Pull the report and read the time. No, it's okay. I'll hold. I'm Tilly's prick. Nice alliteration, huh? You're fired. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm cooking too good a story. What is it? It's like George Costanza. You can't break up with me. <laughs> She's like Hunter S. Thompson. She's a little bit like too good to actually be fired. She can be like, no, I'm covering a story that's going to, whatever, sell 50 copies. I don't know how much, how many newspapers are actually selling at this time. but uh, 50 yeah. would be a big deal. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. Blonde, attractive horror movie lead. Yeah. Do you, do you think Naomi Watts is a good actress, Corey? Blonde, attractive whore? Wow, I've never thought about that. <laughs> she's all right, I guess. I never saw Mulholland Drive. That's the big one, right? That's mm-hmm. like the one she's known for. That and King Kong. Which is interesting because David Lynch turned down the ring, which I could see a little bit in like when we get into the tape itself where he would have fit in, but I can't I can't imagine David Lynch directing <laughs> this movie. Oh, come yeah, on. It's not enough genital mutilation and whatever else he's into. Hello, Ringo. Hello. <laughs> um, so you mentioned it's mostly an investigation movie. There's some pretty cringy fucking lines at the funeral, I thought. Like that kid who comes out of nowhere and he's like, It's not about that. It's about the tape. What is Bro, going on kid? with that guy's delivery, Wait, the man? The kid? That kid? I know. Cohen? Seth Cohen. He's a legend. Seth Sethala Cohen. What do you know him best from, Josh? The OC. Seth Cohen of Newport it. Beach, bro. The sky is so You're vast. You're in the OC now, bitch. It's so vast. <laughs> Never saw an episode of the OC, but he is in Shazam. He's the grown-up version of the, the one kid. This came out one Shazam. year before the OC, so I don't know if he'd blown up by now. This is like a pre-cameo time for... But his delivery is fucking weird, right? Like, a little bit? Yeah. This kid is... Like- it's a little conspiracy theory. <laughs> Well, he seems like a guy from the OC that's just dumped in this horror movie. So, like, <laughs> I didn't know that he was in that, but it makes perfect sense. Like, <laughs> he could have been, like, on fucking Real World or some shit, you know? Investigation takes off from that point. Naomi Watts is brought to a cabin that we don't think is necessarily a Jesus very important Christ. 
cabin and she she finds the tape which has been sort of alluded to by by those teens at the party um josh i want to ask you because i'm i knew you when you were in college but i didn't know you very well were you making these kind of like student art abstract movies when you were uh, a media (laughs) student at indiana university uh no i kind of converted to my like video major late so I didn't do many hands-on projects in college, actually. Unfortunately, you were, you were, t- you were TCOM for a while, right, Josh? No, I was going to be a t- like a physics teacher for most oh, of college. Geez. Physics? Yeah, can't imagine that. Coach, that was, I remember that was the wrong route. Coach, you, you're so much older than I. You were mm-hmm. Stevie and myself and Mikey's substitute teacher for mm-hmm. video editing class. I guess what grade would you give the? Um, compilation abstract avant-garde uh tape that that naomi watts plays here if that was made by a college student i'd give them a very high grade really that's, i mean it, yeah there's just cool random stuff shit just looks like cool jim, stuff it looks like one of jim morrison's original films it's a tool music video <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah without the cool music though i muted it and played Tool, and it fucking worked perfectly. Dude. It just lacks the best part, like Brett said, the music. The music. Yeah. Do you like it, Corey? I, it's cool. It's not scary. <laughs> it's cool. It's Tool. I mean, it's it's very, like, you know, late 90s, 2000s, like, industrial rock-ish. It's like, again, perfect for a Tool music video. You said David Lynch could have been a lynch like short film or darren aronofsky or something you know it's very uh what was that movie we were doing uh possessor it's very like of that just you know random crazy shit that is striking imagery that is like okay maggots are turning into a sea of people i like that but i don't think that is necessarily scary were you guys frightened by this no i was frightened by the use of it i wasn't frightened by it did you like the what do you the contents of the state the tape, Stevie? The film within the film. What, what would you say about that? Because that's a big part, right? Like if you're gonna have this whole movie where it's like there's this cursed piece of media, you know what I mean? The piece of media itself is almost you know like a central character. It's an important part of the movie. It was you know put together by Gore Verbinski for the purposes of this film. And I mean, it's it's the gimmick of the movie. I don't think it's an important part of it. It's like the important gimmick of it, which is. Frustra- you don't think the you don't think the MacGuffin or the whole like center curse tape is an important part. Of it's the movie? it's frustrating. Um, I mean, I'll save a little bit for later. But this movie's very flat. There's nothing to like tie yourself to at all. Stevie yes. has to get into it now. Like, yeah, the whole Stevie. investigation. I'm with you. It, it has a whole different vibe to it than than that opening vignette. Well, it's, I don't mind the vibe. But there were so many missed opportunities, especially with the funeral scene. I really wanted the movie to dig more into the kind of the feeling of what people were feeling after like the loss of that girl. And, you know, I know that Naomi Watts, Rachel's character, you know, the character Rachel isn't the most invested mother of all time. But like, if you're going to find out your son's going to die, I need like a serious emotional pull, especially for a two hour movie. That's, yeah, but he was kind of lame, though, so... I don't blame it on the sun. I mean, I need, like... like Break this down even more, like, even more of a drama between those two. Yes. Like, tie me to these characters so I feel something throughout it. Not just, hey, hey, 
she sees something that was in this video. Let's replay the video again. Take it away. Like, that's mm -hmm. frustrating. I mean, this is the gimmick of the movie, which, I mean, it tells a story in itself. Like, there are some cool parts that we see along the way, like with the ladders. There's one great shot with the ladder throughout this entire movie. There's one shot. I'd be like, wow, that's cool. The shot at the end? Um, the shot where or they're climbing up to the they're climbing horse up barn. the ladder in the horse yeah. barn. That it's is cool looking. That's an amazing shot. It's an amazing okay, shot. Okay, but going back to this piece of media, like sure they go back and kind of explain where some of the images came from throughout the film, right? A lot of them are from like the barn or that house. But why is there a tape? Yes great question why why did this girl make a vhs tape that's really bizarre to me it's a question <laughs> that's never really answered and i couldn't get okay. over you to talk it about to even... questions <laughs> why did she make a vhs tape that's a very good one when i don't like a movie i tend to pick apart the rules like that too josh you go cinema sins on them all right no because this is so like key. what if someone only watches some of the tape Right? Like, what if you're watching it and you go and you like go get like some Pringles and you come back and you miss like two minutes? Then do you're you, mostly dead in do seven you, days. Do you mostly still get the dead. curse? What if my fucking VCR eats the tape? I think you're put in a trance by the tape. Like you're physically unable to walk away? Yes. What the, if you're blind and you put the tape in and you just listen to it? They brought that up in Rings, the third movie in this series. It's so bad. <laughs> Can't wait for that one. <laughs> Okay, you know how the phone rings right after you watch it? Yeah. What if I'm in a room that has no phone? Does just like the nearest phone to me ring? But what if that's like miles away? Or does it have to be an earshot? And how do they know like the quality of my hearing? I'll defend the phone ringing CinemaSense criticism because I think it's like directly addressed because she doesn't answer the phone a couple times. It doesn't like stop you from getting cursed. But does it still ring? Does my neighbor like, why is my fucking phone ringing at 4 a.m.? And they're like seven days, but like it's not me. Tell your neighbor seven days. It's like Skyrim. A courier shows up. Hey, you there? I got a message for you. I don't know. There's no mechanism that ties Samara to my Ninja Turtles VHS tapes. Like, could they have given her a story where she's like obsessed with movies or something like that instead of besides the dad putting a TV up in the loft? Is that what the tie-in is, Stevie? Dude, I hated that line when they're like, yes. she wasn't alone. Yes. And then they look at the TV. I didn't quite get that for a second. I was like, what do they mean? It's fucking TV. You're still alone if you're watching TV. She wasn't alone. So what? She watched like oh. the one channel that was broadcast to the country out there? Like, what does that have to do with VHS tapes? <laughs> she only got the David Lynch channel on the bunny ears. And that's what. <laughs> <laughs> and believe me. Like, believe me when I say this, when they try to expand upon the rules in the Ring 2 and Rings, it gets worse. Like, a hundred times worse. There's nowhere to go for this, I feel like, canonically, right? Like, it, it begs a lot of questions in terms of, oh, what is this universe? But it can only disappoint when it answers those questions. Well, people, like, actual, like, Ring fans only consider the first two canon. <laughs> Rings is... Ring heads. It's a mess. Only <laughs> the first two. Yeah. <laughs> We're called Halo. Yes. Can I ask a serious question? Because well, is is the basis of this plot that this girl was like attempted to be murdered by her mom, so some sort of psychic ghost 
terrible, like evil Tulpa demon came out of her and started cursing pe- like the human race in general because of it's, that. It's, well, that's like what's that's what's like hard about like not really translating an original like translating the original piece over. It's a really hard translation because. I've seen a lot of Japanese ghost movies, and this is very prevalent. This is why, like, in the mid to late 2000s, they were everywhere. There was a Joshua Jackson movie. I think it was called Shattered. It did the exact same thing. Pretty much when something bad happens to, like, someone, there's, like, this rage ghost that comes out of them, and they, like, pretty much unleash hell amongst the world. And so it wasn't explained in this movie at all, but that's kind of like when she was murdered and left for dead for seven days, her like rage ghost was unleashed. Right. It's, you mean it's part of like Japanese culture, right? Like they already know that going into the yes. movie. Mm. They already know this, but we don't. Is Brian Cox the canonical father of Samara? Like in this universe, Stevie? Like, because I thought it would have made like way more sense if like the mom had some kind of like weird ritual to conceive her child or something. Don't they think that Samara's dad was like a sea a sea god or something, Stevie? That would be cool. He, w- he wasn't a sea god. He was a blind man uh, out in the middle of nowhere. But not Logan Roy, right? Not Logan Roy. He's Vincent DeForno, however you say his name. DeOrfano. Uh, and he blinds I- himself so he doesn't have to see her. I'm just reading what it said. The possibility that Samara's father is an ocean demon was taken from Ringu. Yeah, that comes that that, that comes in the ring too. I, if I remember correctly, it's the ring to her, or rings. I can't remember which one, but like her mother is like a crazy nun, and like he she thinks that like Samara is like was born evil, so she tries to drown her. <laughs> it's fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> dude. This is. I mean, it's literally everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm ashamed that I know all that's this. That's too bad, though. Is- I feel like my themes, my themes of the movie. God, I think about that all the time now. My themes. Ever I hear someone say theme. My themes. <laughs> my themes. My themes. You could really like connect the Naomi Watts and the Noah character having a child but being disengaged parents with this like parallel story with Samara and Brian Cox and the mom who's not really a character, right? How they really wanted a child, but it wasn't the child that they wanted. And Naomi Watts and Noah like have this child, but they don't want him. I, I guess we should probably talk about the dad a little bit, Brett. Pap, it's almost like you're better it's than the writers. It's almost like I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, what? Noah, the dad. Very awkward introduction. He passes his son on the street and the son just like doesn't acknowledge him and Jesus. walks past him. How would you describe the dad, Noah? Uh, he's a bit of an a-hole. Um, oh my God, I'm trying to think of what he... Great hair. Yeah, I mean, hasn't he... I mean, he's Good a total dreamboat. Yeah, he's from yeah, he's, um, New Zealand, was a child actor, apparently. Uh, he kind of didn't... Hasn't he admitted to, like, staring at him on, like, the playground or whatever? And taking pictures of him or something? Not creepy at all. Normal no. dad things. Yeah, it's normal. <laughs> Normally good. Uh, but he's got, like... If it wasn't in this movie, I would say like the coolest apartment ever for like someone, a single person in their 20s or 30s. Uh, I always kind of wanted that when I was a kid. Um, he's just, oh, he's just kind of blah, actually. I mean, a bit of a deadbeat, but not a deadbeat. I don't know. He just kind of buries himself in the work. He's a non-believer. 
Uh, he's a skeptic, let's put it that way. And that's about all I can think of offhand. I mean, he's... I mean, Stevie was saying before the pod that he's like the Breck and Meyer archetype of this era. 100%. Like, what do you mean by that? <sighs> Not the tallest guy in the world, split wavy hair, smart ass. That is the Breck and Meyer uh, arch- archetype, like to a T. Yes, and he invented and that. 100% he did. <laughs> um, believe me, like the films of the 90s, it was a chore to watch his films. And <laughs> I love Breck and Meyer, man. Clueless, road like, good trip. for you. I just like that the uh, Breck and Meyer hate like, is just coming out of nowhere. Like. <laughs> well, it, what it really stems from Pinocchio? is that awful show he tried to release on, on TBS. Uh, Inside Schwartz? This is like seven. No, hide from that 70s show was on it too. Like Men at Work, I think it was called or some jackass show like that. He wasn't in that movie. It was called Men at Work. He wasn't in that show. He wasn't in that show. No, he was not in that show. I like that show. (laughs) Stevie, do you like Noah though as a character? I think that he, and and particularly, let let me get his name. Real quick, Martin Henderson's performance kind of contributes to the bland middle acts of this film. Like, I wish there was more there. You taking the tape? I don't want her to see it. Whoa, you don't want her to see it? What about me seeing it? You had no problem showing it to me. I did have a problem. You're angry. I'm not angry. Well, no one are you then? In a hurry. Fuck, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna get all worked up over some high school rumor. What are you thinking? I'm thinking this is the part where I see your flake never finishes anything. Then you say I'm an obsessive bitch, needs to lighten up. Then I storm out, all pissed off, kicking myself, forever thinking that you could just grow up. Like why? Why is he in this movie? I, I my themes, dads. I I guess dads. Um, it's just. I don't know. It's hard to watch because Naomi Watts and him have absolutely zero chemistry whatsoever. And so I just like, you're just kind of wading through water, like any scenes that they're in. Okay. Stevie, two things. One is you will apologize to Breck and Meyer. And two, <laughs> he's in Rat Race. Don't you love Rat Race? Yeah, doesn't mean I love him. <laughs> I love football. Doesn't mean I love every football team. That's true, I guess. Pappy, I think it's pretty clear that no one was affected by this romance arc. Do you have anything positive or a way to like wrap that up for us? Like it's it's just kind of meh. First of all, Josh, I'm the host. I'll wrap up the talking points when I got Can I interrupt you real quick? Uh, well, okay, what the please. Hell? Go ahead. Please. I'm sorry, I had to get this off my chest. I, I can't I can't let this go. This malfeasance will not stand. Okay, Breckenmeyer wasn't in Men at Work. He was the goddamn creator of Men oh, at Work. Oh, well, important So note. I will say, fuck you, Breckenmeyer, if you're listening to this. I like you, Breckenmeyer. <laughs> I would say fuck you to the next kind of three or four days of this movie because the, <laughs> the title cards are kind of irrelevant, and I don't think they're used well in terms of like the day two, day three like flashing up on the air. I'll, I'll, I'll run through the notes that I had for each of these days. Day six. It is obviously the big one, but just want to get your guys' reaction from what I wrote down. So, so Naomi watch Naomi Watts watches the tape. She sees the ladder. Watch out, Missy! Uh, on day two, 
Day three is the insane asylum where she visits the girl from the opening scene. Josh, was she still as effective here in the insane asylum for you? Nope. She's done and dead by this point. <laughs> Have you ever used a, like a VHS restoration machine like Naomi Watts used? Dude, Mrs. Pyle's class had those. That's when I substituted for your class, Pap. <laughs> I never used one. I wasn't allowed probably we had the technology yeah. man, is the oh tech man. stuff true or like you can read like the, the metadata of the tape to see where it came from or whatever can you really pick flies off the screen <laughs> if the tape is enhanced that far can you reveal like a secret side frame by pulling the tracking like all the way yeah this it's off to the side it's just you gotta move it over <laughs> you gotta slide it over this puppy can go all the way to the side of the tape Don't I wonder how many about. side frames are hidden in the movies I watch I wish I could just scoot them right over you know yeah it'd be amazing <laughs> day four we have the library scene I think this is probably one of the weakest days a lot of exposition and research feels like a like seven kind of right feels like very inspired by like a david fincher type movie going to the library it looks like the seven library it does doesn't and it? i just want to quickly say pappy like there's a lot of like outdated technology used like back to back to back and it just kind of makes it seem funny you know because it's not like so outdated where it's kind of like vintage and cool it's like an old ass fucking computer using internet explorer 2.3 <laughs> like <laughs> and then the newspaper clippings, and then like the VHS machines and stuff. It's you know, it, what day did she make the copy? Oh, sorry, Corey, I thought you were done. No, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Thursday, right? So, like, what day was that? Like of the year of our of Lord, seven of the seven day one, I think. I thought day one happens a day after. Why is she getting cursed? Why is she still cursed throughout the seven days? If the curse is lifted, right? I, it doesn't make sense. Like she shouldn't. But but Brian, I think Brian Cox makes a tape and he's still cursed by the like the the visions and things which is why he commits suicide so i think it's supposed to say like you're not gonna die but she still never sleeps on you if you make a copy that's my interpretation yeah she'll still pester you day five we get the um string or the uh naomi watts pulling the instrument out of her mouth sequence in the kitchen after she's asking her sister whose child just died to watch her son for a couple of days while she investigates this thing. Uh, yeah. Were you grossed out by the, the cord coming out of her mouth, Stevie? Did that work for me from like a, a gore, like physical horror type thing? Um, not really. This is kind of another one of those waiting in the water moments where it's not really anything exciting. It's coming out of her mouth. Um, kind of falls back on itself later like oh that's where that comes from it's pretty gross but, though right like i guess it's supposed to be like a gross out horror moment like a body horror moment almost ah uh, it does not succeed does it <laughs> no i mean i like i'd rather just watch bone tomahawk on repeat uh than watch that is like, the ring torture porn josh no <laughs> okay <laughs> we found a movie that's not torture porn it doesn't mean I like it. It's just not torture porn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd... Um, something cool could have happened there, I think, physically. Uh, even practically, honestly, if the... Whatever that cord coming out of her throat, if it started moving or winding in a certain way, I think that could have been really neat. 
um, or wrapping around her neck as it was coming out. That could have been cool too. But just having it come out, being like, "Oh my god, this came out of me!" Oh my god! And then we go to the <laughs> next scene. That's, I mean, it's just not effective. Speaking of not effective, I I like Naomi Watts quite a bit for a lot of reasons, but her acting. <laughs> I know. When she says, why, baby, why, when her son watches the tape, that's bad, right? That, that's some Tommy Wiseau shit right there. I will not watch the tape. I will not watch the tape. Oh, why, baby, why? <laughs> why, baby, why? Baby, why? why? Does, <laughs> goodbye. Does anyone on this podcast think that line is delivered well? Why, baby, why? Why? I can sleep. It's not quite Willie Nelson bad, but... <laughs> but it's not good if it's supposed to be like... She's now realizing that her son is in jeopardy, and that calls into question like her role as a mother. Right? This should be the, her pivotal moment, where she's like, "Oh my God, I never even like thought about my son before, and now he's about to die." Like th- th- that moment should have been way, way stronger. She secretly wanted him to watch the tape. Yeah, sure. <laughs> why, baby? Why? And she why, puts Lisa? It, like, why? Goodbye. She rewinds it. <laughs> why, baby? Why? Um, I do like. The way that the information is doled out. I do like that we don't realize until this day five that Noah is the dad. I thought that was effective. Brett, did you like that? The late dad reveal. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a... I mean, I guess... Yeah, I mean, it's okay. I mean... That's a producer's line. Why, baby, why? No, the our son line. That's a producer's line. I feel like there's a lot of like producer overproduced moments in this. I think Gore Verbinski well, isn't one to shy away from collaborating extensively with producers. Yeah, like the line like I don't speak like video geek like world. That to me was a producer's line. <laughs> the, a, produ- a producer note because I think it was supposed to be like is I think it was supposed to be implied, never stated. That Noah was uh, Noah had a child with Naomi Watts. That you know Damon was uh, their son. And <laughs> Did you just call him to me, Damon. Sh- <laughs> Damien, 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 Damien boy, Damien child. Um, I think that line of just like our son was a producer's note saying, "Is you know, is he or is he not their son?" The line where she's like, I don't subscribe to Video Geek magazine, that's like only a half a centimeter better than like someone saying to the tech guy in a movie, in English, please. <laughs> like it's literally like the same like function, just like like reskinned in a different way. But day six is our big day. This is when all the shit goes down. Um, Kylo, Noah, or excuse me, Noah and Rachel split up. In order to try and like solve this exposition or solve the the mystery, we get a lot of exposition. Um, there's even like a montage with like newspaper clippings and Naomi Watts reading part of the no- newspaper clippings out loud. Um, Kylo Noah goes to an insane asylum. We talked about Good Burger earlier. Did you like his? <laughs> there's the connection. His, his scheming here <laughs> to try and obtain the medical records. Yeah, he, you know he he walks in. He tries to like get them to give him a file. They're like, are you related to this person? He's like, well, you know, no. They're like, okay, well, you can't get it. And he rolls a one. Fuck no, you can't do it. You're out. But his backup plan is, oh, I just break in with a fucking crowbar, like in the back. I was, I, I did kind of like that. I was like, that's like funny. Like, I was like, what new trick is he going to kind of concoct to get in the door? Like, <laughs> he's going to 
try to make up some other story, be like, oh, yeah, well, actually, I am related because of this. No, fucking crowbar. Okay, nice and easy. So, while um, the movie as a whole isn't something I particularly am fond of, like, sometimes just a little thing will just catch my funny bone, and that was one of them. I wish you didn't call the people trying to protect uh, patients' medical records a jerk-off. Though. That felt like a little bit like very 90s um, thing. But yeah, he gets the medical records. He finds out there's been a bunch, bunch of miscarriages. There's something weird going on with the Samara baby. Uh, but Naomi Watts goes to the island that she found from the library and interrogates our boy Stevie, Logan Roy, Brian Cox. Bore on the floor. Richard Morgan in this film. Striker. Did you like him in this movie? Yeah. I mean, he plays a grumpy fuck. Brian Cox plays that character better than any actor on this planet. Best actor in this movie, would you say? Hands down. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would say best performance by far. Is there anyone to contend? Like, he had more chemistry with the water in the bathtub than Naomi Watts had with anybody <laughs> in this movie. So I thought when Naomi Watts was looking for her dress, she was a fantastic actress in that moment. But sorry, Stevie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why does she wear such skimpy clothes around her son all the time? Because it's cinema, Josh. Jesus. Sorry, Stevie. Yeah, show a little leg, Around Josh. her Gotta son? Leg. You didn't let me finish the sentence, I don't think. He's a freak, though. <laughs> That's why he calls her by the first name of Rachel instead yeah. of mom. Stevie, let's try to get this a little bit more mature. Brian Cox. What do you think about Brian Cox in this movie? It's a nice Cox. Uh, I think he's a great actor. Um, he just, he carries subtlety in this film that no one else does. I mean, you can his read eyes. Just re- this movement yes. of his eyes. Movement of his eyes, just the way he, you know, he's such a brilliant actor and he brings so much weight to this movie that's otherwise very very light um i wish he was in it the whole damn time i would have been okay with a twist like an obvious twist of it was the father the whole time um just so i could get like an hour more brian cox that'd have been great do you think he suffers from a little bit of what dev patel suffered in the last airbender uh like like no one else got the memo that he did yeah like this is gonna be a little (laughs) schlucky bit of horror (laughs) Don't have to act your balls <laughs> off for this one. <laughs> and Brian just took it to heart and gave it his all. Um, God, that must be painful for him. But yeah, he's definitely like a fish out of water in this movie. Brett, did you enjoy his suicide scene? I, I mean, like, you know, lightly. I, I think it's like you he will die. It's like pretty chilling. Like, I, I loved everything about his performance. What do you think about him electrocuting himself with that? Um, giant rig of TVs looks like something like your substitute <laughs> teacher would wheel in the room in science class on a Bill Nye day yeah! or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a way to go. It's uh, a very dramatic, uh, probably a decently painless death. So yeah, I'll give him uh, high marks for that. Plus, it yeah, like it was like really intense and yeah. I mean, it's one of the better parts of the movie. And again, I don't enjoy watching that kind of stuff but it felt very strong hey pap yeah stevie what really drove me nuts in this part which i'm shocked that gore didn't try to do instead of having naomi watts scream her tommy Wasau like no no as brian cox is killing himself 
why not put her in danger and have him holding a piece of information that's like important to this story, like while he's killing himself and make us scream no, no? Like it just, it's almost makes the suicide boring at that part. Just have her like flailing about saying no, no, versus like actually putting her in a dangerous position. Did they go for that a little bit with like the water on the ground? Like we were supposed to be scared for her that she might get. But actually, make us scared for her because yeah. like the water like can't follow her into the hallway like at a certain point. So just put her in danger a little bit. Could he have told her that the making a copy is like the key? I think that he knew that within the context of the story. But he just didn't he care there. about her son. <laughs> He will die because I will not tell you this <laughs> yeah. simple information. <laughs> he will. <laughs> He's not into kids, man. What can you? What can you say? He never wanted that daughter. <laughs> Too to true. <laughs> on, on a positive note, everything in the in the barn room is fucking stupid. But goddamn that shot where Naomi Watts and so cool Noah are climbing up. God damn, it's like the best shot of the whole movie. It almost Did has someone no like send that to me so I could see what you're talking about. Uh, I can't at this moment. Um, yeah, give me a second. Give Stevie a second. He'll post it. We'll post it on the Instagram too for you at home. Check out. Uh, Thank you. Podcast spoilers on Instagram to see to see that image. But in the meantime, day seven, we're going back to where we started, Shelter Mountain. Corey, this is the climax of the film. They're racing against the clock. What do you remember about this sort of um, return to where that big red tree is and everything that happens here? Back at the cabin. Mm-hmm. The cabin in the woods. Well, I remember it being like... I, I remember being confused slightly about them like finding the well. Because that's what it leads to. So they're in this cabin. They're like, we're going to die in like 20 minutes. What are we going to do? And Noah starts freaking out, right? He, he goes, again, Tommy Wiseau. We're going to channel him again. He starts throwing things around the room saying like, we're going to find an answer around here somewhere. And by doing that, he actually does. And I think the idea is, is that the ghost of Samara is trying to direct them by like having the debris um, move towards the spot that they have to dig up. Am I understanding that correctly? I think it's the low point. Is that just Re- what it is? It's just rather lower? than something <laughs> mystical, it's like the well would be at a low point. But can, the fact is that Cabin 12 makes no sense. It makes zero sense. Why were those teenagers watching the VHS at that cabin like whatever, you 14 like days that, ago? The location of the well doesn't have the significance that it should because it's all just related to the tape anyway? The fact that tape was there? I, <laughs> Something's falling apart here for me. Like, why did the teenagers watch the cabin tape in the first place? Why is is that just where like she made this, directed this? Is that where? Yes, she- <laughs> that's what I read on Ring Wiki. There's like an editing studio below Cabin Twelve or whatever. No, but like she, when the tapes came, like she forged, she like uh, projected her mental those mental images on the tape, just like she did on the pictures she drew or like the the pictures that the boy drew and it just happened to be that tape above where her well was like that's where the tape got projected oh man i love this movie now actually <laughs> 
Speaking of the well, I know I shit on Naomi Watts's line delivery earlier. Martin Henderson, Noah, when he says, Rachel, <laughs> he's falling in the well is, is really, really bad. But Josh, I, I often go to you as the paternal figure of this podcast, both because you're very old and very large as a human being in general. I know. Do you feel anything? When Naomi Watts is holding the the body of dead Samara and her face melts and and she's like she wanted anything, she never wanted anything more than she wanted that child or whatever whatever she says there. Did did you did any of your paternal instincts kick in kick in at that point? Uh, I think there's more of a sense of relief in the film that this curse is like over, and I think that idea really makes sense. Like someone figured out this girl's story. Maybe they can give her like a proper burial or at least like recognize that she's a person that was like wronged on our side of like life here on Earth. But no, everything paternal in this or maternal is very much stunted in this movie. And I think it's like goes back to the decision to make Aiden such a weird character that and Naomi, such an uncaring mother. Uh, Mm -hmm. They go out of her way one time to show that there's like a babysitter and she's like late. But there's also another time, like when she goes to the cabin, that she's like, oh, I'm just going to like sleep here tonight off the cuff. It's like, that's a big deal when you're a senior parent, when you're a single parent. Like, how do you... um, Yeah, so I guess in a nutshell, no. It's it's kind of a gross-out time, too, right? Because, like, her skin's maybe sloughing off a little bit there, something. I think that's a big failure of this movie, because if we go back to my themes, that should be, like, the... Holy shit, like, this little girl had no shot at life. Like, her mother, like, wanted her, but wasn't able to keep her for whatever reason. Like, this should be, like, Naomi Watts' like, moment of, like, oh, my God, I... I'm a mom and I have this moment to like love this child. And I just, yeah, I'm with you. I don't feel anything. And, and frankly, the effect where her face decays felt very a cure for wellness for me. Like you remember CV, that last guy in a cure for wellness mm-hmm. when his like face melts off. It doesn't look good. Um, it doesn't hold up, hold up. Well, we're talking about this last scene where, you know, yeah. like that sense of like relief, like trying to figure out what happened to Samara and maybe that's going to cure the whole thing. Or like at least lift the curse or something to that effect. It's really making me think how similar this movie is to Stir of Echoes. Never seen it. Where like that is the big conclusion, right? When they, f- Kevin Bacon starts like digging up uh, his basement, which is what Noah does in this movie. And then they randomly find the body. And in that movie, at least, it, it is that relief. It lifts the curse or whatever. But, I mean, there's other things, too. That's a touchstone of, like, human history and to the core of, like, what people almost of all religions believe. Like, you have a certain amount of respect for the dead and the ritual. You did move the bodies. Yeah, the ritual to put the them to rest. And I think that's, like, pulls at, like, a core tenet of, like, who we are. But then this movie is, like, nope you weren't kind and rewind so your curse still until you make a copy of this movie <laughs> ah, yes the blockbuster like. curse Gore <laughs> Verbinski says not so fast my friends um, Corey day 8 do you like this coda this little I, I saw people on Letterboxd calling it a, an effective twist ending 
<laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but what what do you think about like to take us through this last little bit? I, this is spoilers. This is worth spoiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I do believe that the the curse has been lifted by finding out Samara's actual story, and uh, Naomi Watts doesn't die, so that's an indicator. But what actually happens is that Noah, who watched the tape the next day, and then when it's his time to die, he does see the little girl come out of the TV. That's like really also as a side note, kind of like what I remember as like the famous, like scary moment of the movie. And I could have sworn it happened a couple more times. Maybe I'm also mixing this up with scary movie three. Same. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> what it is. I was, I kept waiting for it, like in the dark room coming out and it never happened. And I was like, Oh, that must be scary movie three. I think, I mean, even going back to the beginning of this podcast, Pappy, you're asking about describing this movie. Uh, before I had rewatched, I would have said it's the one where the the girl with the hair covering her face comes out of the TV and she's all slimy and everything. And that that's just at the end. It looks okay. I don't again. I don't think it's scary necessarily. Maybe Brett can speak on that in a moment and his feelings. But uh, she does kill Noah, and we find out that the reason that Naomi Watts's character and her son don't get killed is because they're distributing the tapes they're making copies of this tape they're getting other people to watch it and that's what the little girl wants she wants like more victims reasonable motivation for a little girl i would say yeah for donnie darko's little sister <laughs> same actress by the way Corey did ask an interesting question you were vehemently opposed to spoiling this saying it was cursed we're, we're kind of at the end here I- i'm curious you said you didn't find it scary at all why did you not find it scary at all i was talking to somebody about this i I think why i think this movie probably worked back in 2003 or whenever it came out was you know there were still vhs tapes i was in college we did have a vcr you know there's still dvds and stuff but i think like the medium of watching on a tape knowing that you have a tape player added to the scariness of it um i'm very scared by uh jump scares and i did not there were not a lot in this uh things that like look normal and get scary uh that stuff creeps me out like the end of raiders of the lost ark oh yeah it's beautiful yeah that's a good moment um like stuff like that freaks me out um this just didn't have any of that stuff and i don't know if it was just because it was 20 years later. Brett, or you've read all the... I also watched some funny stuff about it beforehand. Go ahead, Josh. You've read all the Goosebump books, or a lot of them, right? No, I haven't, actually. As Dawson, he read all those. I mean... I read a bunch. Hit me up. This is a Goosebumps tale. The tape, the case of <laughs> yeah. the haunted DVD. Oh, <laughs> spooky. Oh like, I can God. do some of that stuff. Like I, I mean, I, I just listened to The Exorcist again, and I, uh, Amityville Horror. I just listened to that. I mean... I'm fascinated by this stuff, but this just didn't do it for me. I just, I don't know why. So, I mean, the the big end moment where Noah gets killed, crawling out of the TV, you know, scary music playing, presumably. I don't really remember. But, like, the grossness of it, none of that scared you. Nah. He, they don't, he doesn't even get killed in, like, a biological way. Like, what's there to be scared of? That I will be ghouled to death? <laughs> Whoa! I mean, I'm so spooky, spooky age, bro. <laughs> I never really got I mean, like the little kid being scary in movies. I think The Exorcist is like the one that nailed that, you know? To me, I've always thought like a little kid isn't scary to me. 
maybe if one just popped out at me like in the dark when I didn't <laughs> expect them, they might startle me. But you know, a Your little kid is, cocks in hell. It's like, come on, get out of here. I'll put on Veggie Tales. Go sit down. Stevie, I know you have a, a great interest in screenplays and, and writing for the screen. 100%. And there's always, you know, an interesting statement to be made about what are the first words spoken in a film and what are the last words spoken in a film. The last words spoken in this film are, what about the person I show it to from the uh, Aiden, the, the kid who we've been mm-hmm. a big fan of this podcast? Is that sequel baiting in its worst form here in its absolute worst form pretty bad if i remember correctly they really really umped up the jump scares in the ring too i must have saw this in like oh five maybe um they really jumped uh up those jump scares a ton they really made it all about aiden and um naomi watts's character uh pretty much aiden's getting attacked the entire time of that movie but this is <laughs> horrific sequel baiting. Just <sighs> it under it undermines the twist too. If the yep. pl- if the twist is that you have to make a copy of it, what is this? I have to show it to someone. Bullshit. Yeah, just make a copy and then burn it. And like, well, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go on. It's Friday. Let's go out. What are the rules? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, as I said, they get really muddied. Like, Nemi Watts goes into Ringland uh, in the second one. It's get awful. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, she, dude, it has one of the greatest, like, third act lines of all time, though. Like, this is probably Nemi Watts' like, best acting in the series is when she grabs Samara by the head and says, I'm not your mommy, bitch, and Whoa. throws her down the well. <laughs> it's incredible. It's like Ripley in yeah. Aliens. Step aside, Ripley. Let me cinema sins apart, Pap, if I can. Please. She gets tossed down that, like, really lo- deep well and survives because there's water at the bottom. That's got to be 100 feet. But then the water is, like, three feet deep because she's just standing <laughs> there. And the, why yeah, is the water so clear? It's, like, underneath a cabin, decrepit well water. It should be the grossest, murkiest. There should be chunks floating in there. Instead, there's a camera, a GoPro, mm. underwater, and you can just, like, <laughs> see her legs kicking around. It's ridiculous. Samara has, like, a filter down there, like a fish tank or something. <laughs> just clearing out her water. She has some allergy eaters. Do most wells get wider as they go down? I don't know anything about wells. Maybe they do. They might. There's a lot of room down there. A volume question <laughs> that I'm not prepared to answer. Maybe if Josh had continued his physics degree, we'd have that answer. But Dang. any, I, I will say too. Not only is it bad sequel baiting, I, I the little like sting at the end with like the fuzzy screen and like the images that flash and then it like rolls credits to Gore Verbinski's name. Like I'm like fuck you movie <laughs> at this point. I'm like that's so fucking stupid. But any final thoughts on the ring? I got one or two. Maybe I'll scroll through, but. Anything from you guys? I actually liked the twist at the end because a normal, yeah, it might have turned into a sequel bait, but um, thinking that it had all the elements of wrapping up a scary movie or like a drama or anything like that, like they figured it out. They needed to save this girl. She just needed help. She wanted to be out of that well, um, treating her like she was actually a real girl, maybe. But then you find out, I think Stevie might know more like in lore that she's not really. She's like a pure evil already. So She is pure evil. Yeah. So like it, th- that twist is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, like the, I don't know, grandizing of or whatever you want to call it at the end of 
just sequel baiting probably did ruin that, but I did like that. And I actually like movies that end happily. Um, and this wasn't so that I just, I kind of liked that part, but it just kind of, uh, hollow. It just rings hollow after like the last couple minutes. So you mean you I'll liked it, it despite the fact that it didn't end happily, which is your preference normally. Right. right. I yep. see. So I thought it was good enough that I was like, Oh, you know, that's pretty good. I'll take that. One of the uh, final thoughts that I had is during day seven, when they're back at Shelter Mountain, Noah is trying to rescue Naomi Watts from the well, and he grabs a fire hose, and he doesn't think to unhook oh the fire gosh, hose, and he just so lays funny. himself Jesus. out pulling the fire hose. Dude, there's speed. an additional shot of him on the ground still tugging at it. It's my favorite so part. <laughs> Rachel, it's sunset! Rachel! Any other final thoughts? I have another criticism, and this goes beyond a cinema sin because I think it's a character thing that they just got wrong. But after Noah watches the video, he like leaves. I think in the while the phone, they let the phone ring, right? And she comes back and sees that like the little creepy girl left a message, and she deletes it. She's supposed to be an investigator. She's supposed to, like, her life depends on her getting to the bottom of this. And she deletes that message, and I hate that part. I would say that you stole that from uh, pitch meetings, but since you find that guy obnoxious, I'm guessing you didn't. But yeah, he brings it up. He's like, wait, isn't she investigating what's going on? Why would she delete the message? Yeah, it does not make sense. It's Because movies, that's why. I was, like, too hung up on the fact that the ghost left a voicemail. Like that just is. It's, it's just you can so call weird. me back at six six six. Well, if we're gonna six, if we're gonna since this, anyone knows old school answering machines play the message out loud. The whole purpose of that would be to screen your phone calls, right? If you like a phone with a speaker on it, like externally at that time, would have played the message that she's getting. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And people you gotta, have like, gotten say in the trouble that you called. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are old enough, but yeah, you could get in trouble back in the day if you were like screening your calls and you. You picked it up. You, it was somebody you wanted to talk to, and that conversation you had was recorded Ooh, on the no. message. So, um, you know, depending on who you were talking to and who, maybe if you were trying to hide it from somebody. I think this this movie you was know. missing a scene of Naomi Watts like preparing herself against a supernatural. Like, grab yourself some silver bullets, like a wooden stake, like Evil Dead. Like, yeah, grab a mirror or like just some different ideas, so that like when this happens. I don't know. That could have been cool. Crap, I have a couple thoughts. Please, Stevie. (sighs) One, you guys can call it a twist. Letterboxd can call it a twist. That ending is absolute horseshit reshoots. That thing was tacked (laughs) on at the very end. That's that's absolute horseshit. Like, that is the most obvious reshoots, sequel bait, after producer screening I've ever seen in my life. Um... Yeah, that that's absolutely awful. And the other thing was, I think this movie unfortunately picked the wrong characters. I really don't care to see Naomi Watts. Cool, if she's an investigative journalist, uh, and her son go through the trials and tribulations. I want to see the dad that lost his daughter in the beginning go through like hell throughout this movie. I think that would have made a much, much You're stronger You're a little movie. biased, though. But then again, we should all be biased because Brian Cox is awesome. He He's probably costs a lot more per set hour. Probably. But I just, I, you know, I thought it was like, it's kind of a ridiculous thing when Naomi Watts like asked that dad, like, how are you? 
I think like his journey over seven days or figuring out what happened to his daughter would have been a ton stronger. Oh, you're talking about the dad from the opening vignette. Yeah, from the opening oh. funeral. That dad. I think I he, you're talking about Stryker. No, no, no. Mm. I'm talking about the dad on the couch whose like wife said like he can't even move. I think going through hell with him would have made a t- much stronger movie. Uh, hearing the two or three lines he gave was quite enough for me, I think. Well, that that transitions well into my yes or no. I'll I'll go first. Um, Soft no for this overall. Like I said, the jump scares in my headphones really annoyed me. And I'm (laughs) on a personal note, I'm just not a fan of like the color grading as applied to this. So that's just a personal taste thing. But I do think the bones of a really fantastic story are here. And I think if HBO were smart, you could make like an HBO series of The Ring where you start even like potentially like way back with Brian Cox. Then maybe you do some like Fargo thing where it's like you think this character is going to be the Naomi Watts character, but then she ends up dying. That introduces us to the main Naomi Watts character. There's there's so much lore here. There's a lot of interesting things happening, but I don't connect with this story. And I think that the best like ghost spooky story that Gore Verbinski has done is the first Pirates of the Caribbean. I I really don't like his two straight horror films and I've given them both scathing reviews. So soft no for me giving a no to my own movie will keep the same order. So I believe Corey, you are next. This is Corey. I'm going to give it a no. This movie is uh, quite dated, but I also don't remember liking it when it was relatively new. Uh, it seems to just kind of drag a lot of the time, and I think if you're going to make a horror movie like this, it has to be made scarier, or at least maybe it's just a marketing thing, right? Because my interpretation of this movie was like, this is like the scariest shit. In fact, you know what? I googled scariest movies of all time earlier, and this was on like Rotten Tomatoes top ten. Wow, crazy! The Exorcist being number one. Um, I remember that, but I don't think it's scary enough. I don't think it's interesting enough. I'm not connecting with the characters well enough. It's not really like the worst movie ever made. I'm probably making it sound like that. Like it's okay. There's something with that premise, but uh, it's not in VHS tapes. Anyway. No for me. That's two no's. Uh, starting off negative for the gore core. Stevie, what will you give the ring? Uh, I love Gore Bervinsky, uh, especially with Pirates of the Caribbean and Mouse Hunt. Gore core. As, yeah, gore core. Um, this movie isn't one of the movies I love. Uh, pretty much going off everything Corey just stated, I feel the exact same way. It can be boring. It can be tedious. Not very scary. And if you're not going to have scary and say, well, it's more of a drama or an investigative story, it's neither of those either. It just fell, felt hollow to me. Um, and also produced one of the worst movies, it spawned one of the worst movies ever made, which is that bullshit, like if you answer your cell phone, you die movie. What was that movie called? <laughs> it had a, what's his name from your mom's house? Um, Tom Segura is in that movie, right? Is he really? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Good for him. He's like the him. cell phone dealer, I think, in that. The dealer of cell phones. 
Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that, that that's perfect. But yeah, that's, I mean, this is a gimmick movie. They're very prevalent in the early to mid 2000s. Um, I just don't dig it. It's not an awfully made movie. There's some, that barn shot where they're climbing up the ladder. Man, that's masterclass. That is so cool. Uh, but other than that, I'll just give us a straight no. Check out our Instagram once again to see that barn shot podcast spoilers on Instagram. But Josh, you're next on the most recent host list. Yeah. Are you pulling that shot? I'm going to forget about that. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, this is a pretty bad movie. I think calling it a gimmick movie, Stevie, is perfect. It jumps at any excuse to show the creepiest thing it can think of at every turn here. Um, I think we did a disservice and we actually haven't talked about what I think is easily the best cinematic scene in this movie. And that is when a horse gets loose on this ferry. Oh, <laughs> oh my good goodness. point. And it's running around this like parking lot in, on the beneath in the ferry and it ends up jumping out into the water and they show it. And it goes under the boat and all these people are washing when it gets like smashed up by the propeller in the back and turns all the water red. That is great. I love that part. Yeah, that is good. I'm surprised we forgot about that. That actually was a good moment. Poor Seabiscuit. <laughs> yeah. But how are we to believe that a fairy could shred a horse with its, uh, what, what is it called? Uh, like propellers? propellers? Because and, it's, like, it's cinematic. Just- it's good to make its destination, which is a remote island with no repair <laughs> services whatsoever. Sorry, Josh, didn't mean to interrupt yes or no, but <laughs> well, it's a good point. Um, this movie was like successful though, and I lived through that success and saw it like firsthand, and it was kind of a phenomenon of a movie, and I'm. This isn't, I don't usually do this type of thing on this pod, but I'm going to give it a soft yes just to kind of balance things out with that. And specifically, I believe it was three or four years after it came out, a couple of Trace's roommates hadn't seen this movie before. So she showed it to them and they were like very squeamish girls watching this. And she pre planned what time I should call. their dorm phone afterwards and they got freaked the hell out from that that alone i think that i mean this movie gave me that chance in real life that's good to do that (laughs) to whisper seven days to some folks and just hear screaming on the other side of the line i I gotta give this movie a soft yes that's That's amazing that's josh in a nutshell hey that was Teresa's idea that's true (laughs) you guys are perfect for each other thank you well well, brett (laughs) In a nutshell, summarize your feelings for the ring. Brett on the schneid. Uh, by well, the I mean, I, I a solid yes. I mean, we're talking clueless, can't hardly wait, road trip. I mean, <laughs> Breckenmeyer is a solid yes. Pinocchio? <laughs> no, no, I named the three movies I wanted to name. <laughs> oh. uh, as far as the ring goes, uh, no, that's, that's going to be a no for me, dog. It was... Uh, not scary. It was boring. Uh, I remember the second half of the movie, I was pretty much just doing crossword puzzles because I was so bored. Um, uh, I just, but after like the first five to ten minute scene that we kind of talked about, the rest of it was just dour for dour's sake. It just was boring. Uh, they, I think Pappy said it all. Like he, there was 
the potential for a really good story here. Uh, we've been saying a lot in this podcast. It had good bones. I mean, it's a good story, but the execution was bad. Uh, not interested in seeing any of the sequels. Uh, gonna need more than cousin it coming out of a well to scare me. It's just nah, <laughs> nah. I'm good. I'm good. No, bro. A spider. Right, were there at least any any horse clues during your crossword? Oh man, there might have been. It's just like what, like how like, to kill a horse the easiest, and I put fairy propeller. <laughs> Eight letter word for horse. Let's equine. Get, I feel like Brett. We got to take that with a grain of salt. You said during the intro to Thief, you were like looking at what's between your toes or something like that. I don't know if I no, trust I you know. anymore, man. I don't remember saying that. It's, I was joking. I was saying, my, yeah, but I was saying I was so bored by the first ten minutes of Thief that I was choosing to look. I wasn't really looking in between my toes, but I was thinking of something really boring, like my grandpa used to say, he'd rather watch his fingers grow. Then come to one of my choir concerts. So, oh, damn. Um, he's right. It's boring. He came, <laughs> but he would let he would let us know how he felt about it. <laughs> On that note, let's jump in <laughs> to trivia. Um, longtime listeners of this podcast will know that five years ago, literally half a decade ago, I put together a monster spooky trivia multiple choice quiz i never win these 55 plus questions we got through 10 of them and then the next year we got through 10 of them and then the next year we got through like five or six of them so now (laughs) we're finishing this fucking shit tonight Corey, you'll help me jump to line 31 of the google doc that i shared with you um there are hey. go ahead Brett yep Corey just so you know the rules like if there's a subjective question it goes to Stevie nope nobody else 100%. gets those oh I know nobody else nope. gets those I've, those are mine so, best friends, friends so bias. so here here's the deal we're doing eight questions um whoever has the best score after eight questions is the winner we're finishing this fucking sheet that I started five years ago tonight there's no arguments on what's the right answer. Whatever the right answer was five years ago is the right answer right now. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, yeah, eight questions. You'll, you'll each just get a point for a right answer. And, Brett, to that point, I have Corey. Uh, he is represented by an anonymous chipmunk here in the spreadsheet. Um, the order, by default, but there's, there's no statistical advantage going first or second each of you will get ace questions with a tiebreaker at the end in the event of a tie the order by default brett is stevie josh then yourself do you want to mix this up at all do you want to remix it no i'd like to have be last okay so you want to keep stevie and josh in the same order then yeah let's do that if i miss my out path nope it's it's whoever can get the best score on these eight questions. Oh, let's do Kylo it. Kylo and I will alternate reading these. Um, Kylo, don't read the um, letter choice because I've found over the five years of doing this podcast, it just confuses people. Um, <laughs> so starting here at line 31, going through line 55, we're oh my. finally finishing this shit out. Eight um, questions, I, three people. Eight questions, three people, and I will adhere to a pretty strict, and Kylo, 
help me with this um, like five or six second shot clock, and I will press you for a final answer. And if you don't deliver a final answer, that'll be considered nice. a miss. So we're gonna nice. we're gonna do this like pretty by the book. Um, I will what? I'll read first, Kylo. You read uh, line thirty-two. Stevie, first to you. What was the most popular Halloween costume of 2017? Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Rabbit, Bunny D. Clown, or, or sorry, Rabbit <laughs> slash Bunny. Harley Quinn. Or, or Pennywise. Harley Quinn? Yep. Oh for 1. It was Wonder Woman. Damn. That was the year before. Damn. Go ahead, Kyla. Uh, by the way, looking at this Google Doc, I I never imagined there were this many typos. <laughs> don't oh worry about God. it. Cap is so don't, brutal. Like, don't worry about it. Believe is it a typo? me. A hundred trivia questions by myself in a dark it's room. It's like learning a second language, dude. You get used to it. <laughs> He's like the type of guy that misspells his own name. Like, that's Pap. Is no that's one worried all... there's eight questions and three of us? No, 20, it's 24 questions, Josh. Yeah, you each get eight. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wait, I'm not going to get three questions. But then he said 31 to 55 or whatever. So I'm ready. Let's do it. Josh, Josh, you're up next. Yep. How many grams of sugar are in a Snickers bar? Oh, (laughs) jeez. 8.5, 10.5, 12.5, or 14.5? The highest one. The highest one is incorrect. I'm sorry, sir. The correct answer is 8.5. The lowest really? one. I'm going to go highest. I love mm-hmm. Snickers. Let's go. Yeah, it's good stuff. Happy, you're logging the scores. Mm-hmm. Brett, what was the top grossing spooky film of 2014? Ouija, Deliver Us from Evil, Annabelle, or The Babadook? Annabelle. Correct. Brett's on the board with one. It's only one I remember, Brett. <laughs> Yeah. I love, I love how Kyle Corey brought up the typos in the sheet. I literally had Josh send me a screenshot of Pappy language, and just said, "What does this mean?" Hey, oh. man, that was private between two bros. Well, for the record, the right answer that I have here is Snananabel. Yeah. <laughs> but we all know what it means because I'm thinking on a different level no. than spelling and you, grammar. You couple typos with like all these acronyms that no one else has used before. It's impossible. That's the point of communication. <laughs> all right, Let me that's... add the used to these. Sorry, Kylo, go ahead. No, it's all right. Stevie, Yeah. which of these Blumhouse movies had the biggest opening weekend? The Purge Anarchy, Paranormal Activity 4, The Visit, or Ouija. Um, Purge Anarchy. Good guess. That is correct. Yeah, let's go. Nice. People love those movies. Stevie's on the board. Back to Josh. Let's what was do the this. top grossing spooky film of 2013? Evil Dead, The Conjuring, Mama, or I Spit on Your Grave 2? Repeat them again, real quick, super quick. Evil Dead, The Conjuring, Mama, the I conjuring. Spit on Your Grave too. Correct. Got Good job, Josh. Nice. Yes. Brett. Are any of these Clapton related? N- no. Okay. But this is also oh. the, the list that gave us our ghost reel all those yeah. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The famous question. A great moment in spoilers history. Uh, it's Brett, right? Yep. What was the top-grossing spooky film of 2004? 
Alien v. Predator, Dawn of the Dead, Seed of Chucky, or The Grudge? It's tough. What was the first one again? Alien v. Predator was the first choice. I'll go with Alien v. Predator. I'm sorry it was The Grudge. Uh, I thought that would be an easy one. The Grudge was massive. Yeah, well, yeah. A movie Brett walked out of famously. I walked out of. I walked out of the room. (laughs) Stevie, where does the superstition of a black cat being bad luck originate? Was it medieval China, medieval Europe, medieval China, or Egypt around the time of Christ? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) It it doesn't have to do with baseball. No, sir. Uh. I always thought it had to do with baseball. Honestly, I thought that's where it came from. I'll go with Egypt. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Doesn't matter. That's wrong. Um, okay. Should have been ancient China. Without well, a... yeah, they didn't have their dinner. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Gotcha. Dude. Okay. Never mind. Josh, what was the most popular Halloween costume of 1999 <laughs> according to Cosmo magazine? Tarzan, Neo, Pikachu, or a Jedi? Neo. I'm sorry it was our boy Tarzan. Ooh, so just a lame really? cloth? Hey, man, I, I didn't write the been, questions. It, I don't know. It might have been Tarzan in a suit. You didn't hey. say... <laughs> Take that up with Cosmo Magazine. You didn't say Brett. sexy Halloween costume. <laughs> Listen. Sexy the grudge. Uh, <laughs> Brett, what, what, what country... Sorry. Which country has the highest candy volume sold what country sells the most volume of candy china switzerland germany or the good old us of a uh china incorrect it's us we eat the most candy america it's china that's just because they don't report all the cases over there quick quick score update (laughs) that's definitely true quick score update one to one to one let's go to the top of the Let's go. Just put it in cruise, boys. (laughs) At the time this question was written, what films in the Conjuring franchise had the biggest opening weekend domestically? Was it The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, Annabelle, or Annabelle 2? Um, Opening weekend, I'll say Conjuring 2. Good guess. I'm sorry, it was The Conjuring, the first one. (sighs) Oh, wow. Man, I am so. These questions are so good, despite all the typos and pappy language that are in these. <laughs> I love pappy language. It's like a, it's fun. Josh, what it, at the time this question was written? Sure. What what was the average cost of a casket? What did the average casket cost? Oh my god! One thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars, or twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> Say it was sorry, real quick again. One thousand, one thousand five hundred. Okay. Two thousand or two thousand five hundred. Cost of a casket. Fifteen hundred. Incorrect. Two thousand. That seems cheap. It does seem very cheap, but I thought it'd been like six Inflation or seven. Inflation has been heavy on these questions since they were written. <laughs> Cost of lumber, boys. <laughs> Cost of lumber, boys. This is a different time. A simpler time. A simpler time. Five years ago. No listeners. 50 <laughs> trivia questions. Brett. 
Yes. How many U.S. citizens identified as Wiccan in 2001? Oh, so. 134, 1,340. Yes, I love these. 13,400 <laughs> or 134,000. This has to be after Harry Potter. Uh, what year? 2001. Ooh, pre-Harry. Uh, 13,000. 13,400 yep. is the correct answer. Wow. Nice. I like the way you spelled Wiccan, Pappy. <laughs> W-I-C-K-E-N. It's like oh. chicken. It's like Wiccan. not showing very much respect to religion, Pappy. Wow. Hey, listen. There's 13,000 strong. At least one of those is probably a listener. I respect your religion greatly. <laughs> Stevie, how much did Hershey pay to have Reese's Pieces featured in the Steven Spielberg and future spoilers pick E.T. How much did Hershey's pay to have Reese's Pieces in E.T.? 2000 sorry, excuse me. Um, $250,000, $500,000, $750,000, or $1,000,000? Um, repeat those? This is yeah. a ridiculous question. Hershey's to... Sponsor the Reese's Pieces and E.T. A quarter million, half a million, three quarters of a million, or one million? I think that movie is littered with product placement, so I'll go with a mil. A milli. Stevie is correct. Let's go. I was going to give you props, Pap, and then you blew it. You, you pronounced the candy right the first time, and then you didn't the rest of the time. I had fun. I had fun with it. I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's next? Josh. Josh. Josh, what country of origin... <laughs> let me repeat that. What is the country oh, of origin for jack-o'-lanterns? Country of origin Ooh. for jack-o'-lanterns. Ireland, France, England, or Holland? I feel like I always want to say Ireland for these. Okay, Ireland, even though it's probably the trap. That's racist. It See? is Ireland. Well done, Josh. Wow! <laughs> wow. making fun of my uncle Jack O'Lantern. <laughs> Everything to me is like Jack old Irish history. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, to the bottom of the order, what was the top grossing spooky film of 2003? You skipped 20... one, by the way. <laughs> Brett, back to the bottom of the order. What was the, or what year was Frankenstein or The Modern Prometheus, first published. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein or The Modern Prometheus, first publication year. 1808, 1818, 1828, or 1838? Let's go with 1838. I'm sorry, it was 1818. Hmm. Stevie. Uh, quick score two, check. We're all tied at two, right? Two, 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 two. Woo! Yep. Stevie, what was the top grossing spooky film of 2003 28 days later final destination That's 2 such a good movie freddy versus jason or darkness falls a classic yeah i saw darkness falls, falls in theaters unfortunately um i'm ashamed i even know this 
and I'm pretty sure I contributed to it. I think it's Freddy v. Jason. You are correct. Of course See it is. It multiple times, actually. Yes, I, I contributed to that nonsense. I love that question because it just reminded me that I've seen 28 Days Later and I hadn't marked that on Letterboxd yet. Have you seen 28 Weeks yet? No. Have you seen 28 so Days with good. Sandy Bullock? Another good one. Have you seen that meme on Reddit where it's someone calls their mom and asks them what movies she watched while she was pregnant with them so you could log them on Letterboxd? <laughs> 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 Pretty good one. Um, St- Josh, back to you. Yes, sir. What is, at the time this question was written, what is the best-selling candy bar in the United States? Kit Kat, Hershey's, Snickers, <laughs> or Milky Way? I had the Snickers question earlier. I feel like whoever made this quiz is kind of obsessed with them, just like I am. I'm going to go with Snicks. Whoever made this quiz does love Snicks, and that is correct. Let's go. Just like that, I'm in last place. How many questions left? I think one more round after you close out. Brett, I'm into this. I want us to cross the the finish line holding hands. Let's go, baby. Get this. That's cool. All right, Brett. All right, I'm ready. Caverly Cemetery in New York is the largest in America with how many burials? Oh my god. Uh, what, uh, the commas in a weird... 30,000? <laughs> no. 30,000? <000, 300, laughs> 300,000? Uh, or 3,000,000? Well, it was 3,000, 30,000, 300,000, and 3,000,000? 3, yeah. Sorry. I'll go with 30,000. It was 30, corrected 000. on the fly. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> writing 30, in the 000? document. I'm sorry. You, the answer one more time. Thirty thousand. Ah, it was three million. <sighs> it what? Is the largest in America. <laughs> two. Yeah, it's a big cemetery. Two more rounds. <laughs> the way Corey says. Oh, there's two comments. more. Listen, in a weird listen. Place. I never knew another human or anonymous chipmunk <laughs> would ever be looking at these questions. I didn't proofread the questions. I trusted myself as the great communicator to interpret them on the fly. <laughs> Stevie, back to you. What was the most popular Halloween costume of 1991, according to our friends at Cosmo Magazine? Oh, my God. 91. Robocop, Barbie, Morticia Adams, or Belle from Beauty and the Beast? Um, man, culture's weird. I'll say Belle. I'm sorry, it was Morticia Adams, Adams Family, big. No way. In the 90s. Check out. You have love a, that, is there a big love dumb, that movie. Is there a Big Dumb Movie episode on the Adams Family? No, not yet. Maybe for I Thanksgiving we'll do Adams Family great, Values. Great, movie. Not yet. Oh, no. Is All Brent right, trying Josh. to say something? No. What was the top grossing spooky film of 2000? Hollow oh, Man? My. Final Destination? Scream 3... Three or Dracula 2000. <laughs> it's just Scream 3. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> you know what it says. <laughs> I think. <laughs> just say them again, really quick, Corey. Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Final Destination. Scream, Scream 33. Dracula 2000. <laughs> Scream 33. It's between the first two for me, and I personally saw Hollow Man in theater, so I'm going to go with that one. Final Destination. Damn. Sorry, it was Scream 3, 3. Oh. Nope, just Scream 3 is the right answer that I have written down. Um, Brett. <laughs> oh, my God. You have two more chances, but you might need this to stay in the game. At, on, the time th- at the time this question was written, 
What is The Things rating on Letterboxd out of five? Oh, crap. 3.9, 4.1, 4.3, or 4.5? 4.1. I'm sorry, it's 4.3 out of five. Oh, Oh, this next one goes to Stevie. Oh, this is unfair. All right. Stevie. Fingers. What was the most popular Halloween costume of 1984? Why do I keep kidding this? According to Cosmo Magazine. Brett, Brett picked the order. These, the order of these questions True. has not changed in half a decade. It's, it's been this way. So the year is 1984. Smurfs, He-Man, Ghostbusters, or Radagast from The Great Mouse Detective? I don't even know what year. <sighs> Ghostbusters? That is correct. Let's go. Steve no, it's going to be the character that you have to explain what they're from that was so popular. <laughs> hey, I know Radagaster, right? <laughs> so, Josh, to stay in I'm the out. game, sure. Brett is out. The original Hills Have Eyes was released in what year? 72, 77, 83, or 69? One more time, please. The original Hills Have Eyes was yeah. released in what year mm-hmm. of our Lord? 1972, 1997, 1983, 1969, 72, 77, 83, or 69? Uh, 77. Whoa! <laughs> oh, Josh stays in the game. Whoa! Fuck. It's actually uh, Professor Radigan, so uh, I demand. I know. Yeah. I know. It, it makes it, it makes it funnier because of Pappy. It was Pappy it wasn't the right answer, so it, it could be whatever it wanted to be. Brett, just for fun, what's the what new Hills Have Eyes? Sorry, what was the top grossing spooky film of 2011? Scream with two E's, as spelled here. <laughs> <laughs> Final Destination Five, Paranormal Activity Three, or Shark Night 3D. Paired a normal activity three. You would have gotten that right. So nice. Final Damn. score. Thank you, Corey, for assisting. But we have Stevie at four, Josh at four, and Brett at three. We'll do this last one as a closest two, and I can finally delete this spreadsheet wow. that I created five <laughs> years ago when I was a much worse speller. Go, I have matured <laughs> so much in my English language arts skills since I wrote this, but. I love Don't this. delete it. It's a piece of it's a, it belongs in a museum. Closest to <laughs> Brett, I will still give you the option. Do you want Stevie to go first or second? It's closest to Oh, I want Josh to go second. Yeah. Oh, okay. what the fuck? Yeah, You're on a two-game streak. Just want to stir up some drama. Brett has decided that Josh will go second for the win and to decide what spooky movie <laughs> we'll be all watching together next week. How many feature films closest to were directed by the horror master himself, Alfred Hitchcock? How many feature films did Alfred Hitchcock direct closest to? Um, This is the closest to. I don't think he did a ton, to be honest with you. I will say feature films, right? Feature films. Films, feature films. As of five years ago, not counting anything is released in the past five years. Oh, okay, good, good, good. 
Okay, good. As long as we're on that. Um, I'll go out on a limb and I'll say... 31. Josh, your guess. In a callback to our Inglorious Bastards episode, in just a way that I can make fun of Goebbels again, in that he only had two producer credits... Um, I'm going to go with just less. I made up your mind before you even picked a number, Steve. I'm going to go with less for this one. So, so jo- 29, I guess. 29. Your winner. Stevie. And host next week. Alfred Hitchcock directed 50 films. Let's go. Stevie is your winner. Well, and I already said, so that build done. up didn't really work. No, I, I didn't know. I just, I, I've like looked at his thing on sporkle and it's so many i'm done with this spreadsheet forever there were a total actually of 71 lines in this spreadsheet it served us for five years i'm a little bit sad to see it go stevie i'll give you a second to consider your pick in the meantime spoiler man if someone wants to request a movie or see that that screenshot of the ladder how can they do so special thank you to our patrons matt troll why baby why Brother Brian. What about the person we show it to? What happens to them? Druid King. It's a little wrinkled. Nick. Uh, Reception's never good here. That's why we bought tape players for videos. The Meg. I remember I was that age. Me and my girlfriend used to sneak up to my room, get high. David. Yeah, imagine being stuck down a well all alone like that. How long can you survive? Nurse Stacy. Hi, Mom. Brother Ellis. He watched the tape. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. And we're back! After that spooky break, Stevie, what will we be spoiling next week on Spoon? No, Josh, there is no Raid 3, never will be a Raid 3, unfortunately. <laughs> totally understandable. But um, in much of the way, I rem- like, I've never remembered us uniting against a movie like we did with Southland Tales. I can never remember us uniting for a movie like we did with The Collector. Yes. So we're going to do the sequel. It's been long awaited. It's probably my favorite or second favorite movie we've ever spoiled on this. We're going to do The Collection. Yes. And we, Josh, you got to be on it. You, Josh has to this be on it. This is pure torture porn from you. Purest please, of torture Josh, Please go back and watch the first one and listen to the pod. Probably going to have to be out next week, boys. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, tune in next tune in next <laughs> week to see if Josh is on. Thank you, as always, for listening. That was spoilers.
Josh, we can't turn on each other. I was devastated. All we have is each other. <laughs> I will find say you. say it again, Brett, but we say that in the line like Locke would say. What? You say we can't turn on each other. You say that like Locke. We can't turn on each other. No, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> that was more like Egyptian or something. <laughs> can't turn on each other, brother. We are trying, but we cannot turn on each other. There are actually <laughs> I love that. 69 questions in the spreadsheet. Good on you, past Pappy, for being hilarious in the number of questions that you wrote. You did I'm a good job. My, I'm proud of myself, despite what you did a great job, everyone is saying. There were 69, but you wrote it down as 96, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I know what it meant. I knew what it meant. Steve, are you ready? I'm ready. The yeah. Raid 3, I'm guessing. <laughs> That was Spooky Spoilers.